Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco. This is episode 37. And my starting question today is for the mamas who have yet to have their first baby. Are you planning a home birth or are you planning a hospital birth? If you're planning a hospital birth, do you find yourself saying, oh, I'll have a home birth maybe with my second baby? Now, today's guest, Alexa, decided not to have a home birth with her second baby. She went into her first pregnancy knowing that she was going to have a home birth. And this is coming from someone who has worked as a doula before getting pregnant. So she felt that home was the safest, coziest option for her. And I'm excited for you to hear her story, to hear why and how all of that played out. Before we get started, I do want to thank both our reviewer of the week and our sponsor. This week's reviewer is AJ Francis, and she writes, encouraging and full of information. This podcast is always such a great listen because it focuses on stories. No matter what, I always learn something new. This podcast will give you all the feels as you hear these mamas tell about their stories. I love how encouraging these interviews always are. Thank you so much, AJ Francis. If you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. I also want to thank Carrie LaChapelle, the Hatched at Home Midwife. She's a licensed midwife CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. Carrie provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama-baby family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama-baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. Carrie also offers extras like beautiful Bangkok belly binding, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office. The great thing is that Carrie offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for you. So visit Hatched at Home's website, which is hatchedathome.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, or get in touch with her directly at 864-907-6363. The last thing I want to mention before we get into this interview is we had an awesome giveaway last week with Believe in Midwifery, and it was really, really great. We had a winner, but a lot of people showed a lot of interest in the t-shirts. So if you are interested in a Believe in Midwifery t-shirt, I have a discount code for you, and that is HAPPY20. So you can go to believeinmidwifery.com and shop for a shirt, pick one out, and use that discount code HAPPY20 to get 20% off. So thank you so much, Madeline, for offering that as well. So let's hop on into the interview. I want to remind you that the opinions of myself do not necessarily reflect my guest and vice versa. Also, neither one of us are medical experts, so continue to see your doctor or, if you're like me, your chiropractor. Oh yeah, and don't forget to take a screenshot really quickly of you listening to this episode, post it to your Instagram stories, and I will be sure to feature you in mine. Alexa, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited to hear your story. So one of the things that we were talking about was how you chose to have a home birth with your very first birth and how sometimes moms kind of feel like, oh, you know, I'll try a home birth with the second baby, but are not don't feel comfortable or prepared with their first child. So, so that makes you unique in that way. And I would love to hear how you decided to have a home birth with your first baby. Yeah. Well, granted, I kind of knew more than maybe the average mom. Um, I am a doula. Uh, I haven't been practicing since I had gotten pregnant cause I was so tired. <laughs> I feel you there. Um, yeah. But I have just always been a little bit more naturally minded and was really interested in babies and the birth world um, as I was growing up. So I just kind of knew some things about the world and the birth world. And I have never really liked doctors. I prefer to just like not go in. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are like that, not super into needles. And so just knowing a lot of the statistics about hospitals, 
um, sort of the C-section rates. And um, I'm like a very individual person and I don't like being told what to do. And I just knew that if I was in a hospital setting, I'd have a lot of negativity surrounding me because I'd want to just do things my own way, not have people around, not be asked or told anything basically. Um, and I just could imagine me getting really frustrated trying to assert like, oh, I, do I need to have this monitor on me all the time? Do I have to have this IV? Uh, I don't want to be on the bed. I don't want to be checked. I didn't really want to have to be fighting while I'm busy giving birth. <laughs> um, and my husband was pretty supportive. Basically, I just shared some educational resources with him. We watched, um, oh, what's that documentary? The Business of Being Born. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and he really liked it. It was nothing that new to me, but he really liked it. Um, so I highly recommend that, especially for some husbands um, who might want to know a little bit more. Um, and he would have, he, he like turned to me during the film and was like, I'm so glad you know so much about this <laughs> because his mom had a C-section, his sister had a C-section. He just like wouldn't know any different unless he had done some research beforehand. Right. Um, and yeah, just having a home birth for your first kid. I mean, it's really setting you up to have a great birth experience from the very beginning. I know a lot of moms are nervous. Sometimes husbands are nervous and, um, you know, or partners and they kind of want to come to common ground and say, okay, like we'll do it in the hospital, but we'll just try and do it naturally. Um, which is possible, but is it's a lot harder. And I know a lot of moms just go on to have second home birth and they say it's, um, you know, was so wonderful and, um, so healing. And I'm just here to say, you don't have to have a second healing birth. You could just have an awesome first home birth. Um, <laughs> I like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just say if it's something that you want to do, just do it because it's, in my opinion, the way we were made to do things, doctors are awesome. And they're there for, if you do need a surgery, um, you know, if something does go utterly, you know, in the wrong direction, um, they're totally there for that. But besides that, I'd say just let your body work and the home is like a great place to do that for your first baby or your sixth baby. I love that. That's awesome. It's true in the, like in the sense that when I think about my birth, I think about how everybody was there supporting me and they were on my timeline and my schedule and taking that into the hospital, it's just, it's an extra thing that you have to, to focus on and worry about like, right. oh, am I going to get a good supportive nurse or is it going to be someone who is very, very medically minded? And like you, you might be completely bent on not having medicine or whatever it may be, but just having to, you don't want to add struggle on top of that. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. I can really resonate with that. Yeah, for sure. Even being at home, there are a few times where I felt like I wanted certain things um, or like my midwife asked if I wanted to be checked. And I felt like I couldn't answer because I was so dialed into my labor. Um, and I think that's fine in the home birth because they're like, OK, she's just doing her thing. Like, I'm not going to push. Um, but in a hospital setting, maybe they just won't wait for you to answer and they'll say, oh, well, OK, I'm just going to do it anyways then. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I also realize I didn't have you introduce yourself before this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I figured I'm going to probably that. switch this around. <laughs> but I would love for you to just introduce yourself and uh, tell us about yourself and your family. Yeah. So, uh, again, my name is Alexa, and I'm married to my husband, Ryan. He's a farmer, mostly vegetables and some fruits. And we have two great Pyrenees dogs, which are a giant breed. They just look like giant white wolves. Um, so fluffy. And uh, two cats. And we have our son, Fox Everett. And he's almost four months. Um, right now we live in San Jose, California. And yeah, I'm just doing the stay-at-home mom life right now. Um, I'm also a writer and uh, I am a trained doula and hopefully we'll uh, get further in the birth world just 
by doing childbirth education and prenatal yoga eventually. Very cool. So, so you were a doula before you even became pregnant? Yes, correct. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. love to hear about that. How, how did you decide to become a doula? It was just, it's kind of funny. I, like I said, I'm a writer and I just kind of took that into the corporate marketing world, which wasn't my favorite, but easy to get into. And after a particularly bad job, um, quitting it, my husband was like, okay, before you just take the next job, you need to like sit down and like do something you're actually passionate about. And so I was sitting at home and I just Googled like how to become a midwife, like something I'm really interested in is babies and the birth world. And that's all I could think about was like midwives, like naturally minded. And I had never even heard of a doula. And just by making that Google search, I found out what a doula was. And I was like, well, that I can do right now, you know, not with a lot of schooling yet. Kind of dip my toes in, see how far I want to go down the road. And so I got certified with that. Um, I got trained with that. And um, this was actually in Minnesota before we moved to San Jose and had a few clients. And it was just wonderful. Like I was surrounded by everything I loved, like the natural birth world. Um, yeah. And then I got pregnant not that long after and (laughs) was just so tired. I was like, there's no way I'd be able to do 24 hour plus labor. So I'm just going to rest. That and just being on call is just exhausting. Even if you're not doing anything, just that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm on call right now. <laughs> right. Hard during I have pregnancy. to pack so many extra snacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So I would love to hear about your pregnancy experience at this point. What was it like? How did it, how did your, um, how did your first trimester go? It was good. It was planned and we were really excited. I think it was, I think it took only like a month, um, for us to get pregnant. And I told my husband, uh, about two days before his birthday, I was just like, come home now. Like you have an early birthday present. And he had no idea. He was so surprised. Um, and that was really fun. And we had just gotten our dogs. So they were puppies. We rescued them at 12 weeks. And first trimester, I have to say, was a little rough. <laughs> that sounds um, like a lot on your plate. <laughs> yeah. I. The biggest thing for me was like my emotions. I wasn't super sick or super tired or anything. Sickness-wise, I kind of just felt like, I feel like I'm coming down with something. You know, like when you get the flu, you're like, I might be coming down with something. It was kind of that, just like all the time. (laughs) So it was there, but not horrible. And we had the puppies and I, I felt like really sad and really angry all the time. I was picking like fights with my husband and I just felt kind of depressed. And I was like, is this going to be my whole pregnancy? Like, this is, this is awful. Am I doing something wrong? Um, and my husband was like, it's just the hormones. And I just like kind of didn't want to believe him because you're like, there's no way hormones can have that large of an effect. Right. And then 12 weeks hit and it all went away. So <sighs> like second trimester came around and I was like, wow, what was that fog I was in? <laughs> Back to myself. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. So um, I definitely suggest if somebody is in that zone too, like talking to somebody might be helpful, like a talking therapist. I was looking into it right when it went away. I was like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, get into that for next time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but after that, it was really great. Um, had like a few cravings, which were tacos and sour punch straws, (laughs) not like at the same time, but Sour um, and savory. Yes, those are the two things. I didn't, I was, again, was not convinced that they were cravings. I was just like, no, I just feel like these things. And then um, once I was done being pregnant, I was like, wow, I really don't care about tacos at all or anything. <laughs> um, so those were cravings. And we had a very kind of hands-off um, pregnancy. I know I wanted midwives right away. And I found my not I think six weeks it was so super early. Yeah. They couldn't even do anything really. They're like, great. Okay. We'll see we'll you. See when ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, we did get one ultrasound just to kind of confirm the pregnancy. And just because growing up, you always see those little black and white ultrasound images. And I just really wanted one. Um, But other than that one ultrasound, which is at 10 weeks, I was just like, okay, like I trust everything is going to be fine. Uh, We didn't do any kind of testing or anything like that. Um, We didn't find out the sex of the baby. So that was another really fun thing. That is fun. Yeah. At the end of it right now, it's really fun and super exciting to know that Oh, in a few weeks, actually, by the time this airs, I'll already have my baby. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the last kind of surprise, surprise. I feel like you can have in your life, like truly, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and yeah, it was really great. Um, midwives appointments are really lovely. Just you just kind of go in there and like talk for I don't know an hour, an hour and a half about anything you're worried about or feeling or what might happen. Um, and it's just like, you know, very, it's like on a couch. It's not a very clinical setting. So yeah, that's, that's really great. Were your midwives super comfortable and relaxed with you kind of declining things, you know, like, I don't, I want to be hands off. Yeah, they're, they were really great. I had two midwives, Serena and Rachel, and, um, they really just present you with the information. They say, Hey, next week is about the time. Like our next appointment is about the time when, um, you know, this test would be available. Here's some literature on it. You know, they print out, um, some information on it. So you didn't even have to go do like all the research if you didn't want to, uh, here's some literature on it and just read it. Let us know what you want to do. That's cool. I, I love that. Just the, that is legitimate informed consent, you know, like, here is the information. This is available. You take this home, read this, do any other research that you want. And either way we support you. Exactly. That's really cool. So, okay. So you are a doula. So you knew, you knew about birth with that in mind. Did you decide to do anything else during your pregnancy to prepare like a childbirth education course or chiropractic or anything like that? Yeah, we, did an online childbirth education class. Again, I feel like it was more geared for my husband mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I did know a few things, um, but it was something we wanted to do together. And we live actually on Mount Hamilton, which is like right outside of East San Jose. We live about 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, depending on you know how fast you drive uh, <laughs> up a mountain. Cause you know, we can drive it pretty fast of now. Course. Uh, And so it's a little more rural and the childbirth education classes were all like an hour or more away and they were later at night. And I was like, I can go to bed at like 8 PM. So (laughs) (laughs) no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So we did an online childbirth education class and, um, I did supply him with some books like the birth partner. Um, I have birthing from within. I liked, and, uh, Ina Mae Gatskin's book, um, the, what is that one? I know she has multiple. Her, the, her guide to childbirth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The guide like to childbirth. Um, uh, yeah, I had read that one when I was doing doula training, but that's just a really fun one with kind of some like hippie birth stories in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I would go on a little like 30 minute walk every day, listen to some podcasts. I listened to, um, I think it was like the birth hour and Australian birth stories. And, um, there was one free birth and yeah, podcast. The, is it the indie birth society or something like that? The free birth, the free birth society. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. And, um, I really liked listening to that because I felt like if all these women could do it with nobody around, then I could certainly do it with two midwives and my, and my husband and a doula. Very cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good way to look at it. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, that was mostly what I did. That's so neat. So, okay. So, so that gets you up through your pregnancy. What about the last few weeks? Like how was it as the time approached? Just really relaxed. Um, I mean, I, I felt great. I wasn't super fatigued or anything. I just felt really lovely. Um, it was a little like uncomfortable sometimes just like sleeping wise or sitting. You're like, okay, we finally got a birth ball 
when I was really late, like maybe 35 weeks or something. Um, cause I was like, I, I cannot sit comfortably on this couch right now. <laughs> um, and that was really helpful. And I was just going for my walks. I don't, yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's so hard to remember. Oh way gosh, back yeah. then. It goes away. It just evaporates from your mind. <laughs> it really does. I know. Um, the only, like there was a few times I didn't have any Braxton Hicks contractions, but there are a few times where I just felt like the baby dropped so low that I was like, it's gotta be later today. Like it's gotta happen. <laughs> and it didn't, but yeah, we were just, we were doing things to get it going. I was drinking, um, red raspberry leaf tea. Um, I didn't do the whole dates thing, uh, just cause I'm not huge on dates. Um, I was Same. taking, right. I was taking evening primrose oil just orally. Um, and like I talked with my midwives about these things and they kind of just made it clear that it's really sort of a mental thing. And just, if it helps you feel better, do it. If not, it's totally fine. So I kind of just like had my own little rituals of like the walking and the tea. Cause I always have tea anyways. Um, so yeah, I just kind of did that to prepare. And, you know, my husband helped me, helped me out. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I <laughs> think to, I do. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get the get, baby out there. Get those so. prostaglandins going. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, the day, I guess the day my water broke or the day before, um, we had gone to this museum. It was one of those free museum days and I was just on my feet like the whole day and my back, lower back kind of really started to hurt. And I was like, wow, I guess like I'm really pregnant. I probably like shouldn't be walking around this much at 39 weeks. Um, but were you right at 39 weeks? I, my water broke two days shy of 40 weeks and he ended up coming, um, like two hours before his due date, you know? So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well then tell me about that. What, so where were you when your water broke? Okay. So this is really funny. We had gone to bed already earlier at like 9 PM and we got up around 11 because our fan, something had gotten caught in like our floor fan. It was making this noise. And my husband and I like can't stand any little weird noises when we right. go to bed. So he got up and like whacked the fan, you know, and it didn't go away. And so he ended up having to like unscrew the fan and like, <laughs> like take it apart. Like 11 o'clock at night. I'm so pregnant. I just want to sleep. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Um, And he finally got it all like cleaned out and put back together and he turned it on and it was great. And we're like, oh, okay, time to go back to sleep. And then I just feel this like rash of fluid between my legs. Oh my word. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) And so I like threw the covers off because I I was like, did I just pee? Like what, (laughs) what happened? And he's like, what are you doing? Because I kind of have this concerned look on my face. I was like, well, either I just peed my pants or and he's like, or what? And I was like, or my water just broke. And he's like, oh, I mean, that's a good thing, right? And I was just like, I guess, but but it's probably not it. Like, I probably just peed. I think that happens with like <laughs> probably the pee. <laughs> Even though I knew, like I knew, I was like, this is definitely my water. Um, and so he's like, should we call the midwives? I was like, well, let me just make sure like this is happening. I like walked, like got out of bed. I like did some like lunges, you know, like <laughs> trying to see if like more water would come out. Can I leak? <laughs> that, that was the question. Um, and was like Googling. I mean, it's just at this point, seriously, I know that my waters have broken, but I just want to be like really sure before I kind of get the ball rolling. And so eventually we called the midwives, let them know. And just, I mean, I'm a doula. I know you should just rest. You should just, you know, I I wasn't having any contractions. So I just put a pad in and we tried to go back to bed. And of course my husband fell asleep, but I was up the whole night. Um, It basically, I guess because I was lying down, uh, felt like I was peeing my pants every five minutes. 
<laughs> so I had to get up and change my pad really often. It was not that comfortable. Um, plus, I was pretty excited. So I did not sleep that much. <laughs> and in the morning, I had my first contraction about 6 a.m. I just had this very tiny, you know, sort of like cramp. And I was like, oh, it's here. It's happening. Yes. Because I was just waiting the whole night to like have contractions. So had my first little contraction. I was like, great, like, let's get up. I have things to do. <laughs> um, I just kind of picked up the house. I wanted to, I had kind of a checklist I wanted to do, which was really nice. I moved um, kind of the rocking chair recliner we had. We moved that into the living room since I knew I was going to kind of be like posted up there watching TV. I moved some furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband helped me. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I like hung up this little hooray banner. Um, oh. I know. I, I like folded laundry. Um, I moved some stuff into my room, like the baby's bassinet and, um, all the cloth diaper stuff we'd need in there. Um, and then I was like really moving around a lot and I could tell my contractions were getting closer together, like really quickly. And I felt like it was too quick. Like I was like, I'm going to, I want to kind of slow this down. <laughs> so, um, I sat on my birth ball and watched Friends, which I've seen, you know, from beginning to end, probably like twice already. Mm -hmm. um, but I had kind of picked it as my labor show because I knew I could pay attention to it even halfway and still know what was happening. Mm -hmm. So I watched Friends um, and they got stronger. And so I told my husband he had gone out to take care of a few farm things, just watering the greenhouse, stuff like that, feeding chickens. Um, and I was like, okay, like come home now. I want to be kind of distracted. And so he came home and we made some lactation cookies, um, from a recipe that my midwife gave me, which were delicious. Ooh, you might and want to send that along. I can post I, that in the show notes. Yes, I could definitely send that along and it's super customizable. I'm gluten-free. So, Ooh, um, yeah, one thing I will say, and I think I like cut it in half and froze some of it. One thing I will say is that I ended up having to cut out dairy for mm. uh, for Fox the first 12 weeks. So you might want to make like one batch, you know, with raisins or nuts or something and not chocolate chips. Yeah, because I ended idea. up, yeah, I ended up not being able to eat all of them. Mm -hmm. um, so we made those cookies. We played some cards and I was just like bouncing away on my birth ball and I was texting, you know, family and friends because they all wanted to know when it started happening. And I should, I should mention to you that my, my like mom and Grammy especially were kind of skeptical of home birth, mm -hmm. which I think is another thing people deal with is their family is like, no way you should go to the hospital. And you just kind of have to be like, it's going to no. be okay. <laughs> this is like, I am the one giving birth. I promise you, you'll be fine. Like, <laughs> let me reassure you while I push my baby out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just do what you're comfortable with. Believe me, they'll get over it. Like after seeing the care, especially how the midwives come to your home afterwards, they're like, wow, you should really do this again. Like, <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I plan to. Yes. Um, so I was just kind of reassuring them and letting them know what's going on. And then things were really picking up. So I kind of tailored off all my texting. Um, I had texted, the midwives kind of a saga of what was happening, like, cause they had gotten to that five one one mark, um, five minutes apart, lasting for a minute long for an hour. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I were playing charades at that point. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I was just like, let's just keep doing like, you know, different things. And I was also like really pumped up. Like I was kind of hyper. <laughs> um, How were you feeling at this time? Were they intense at that point? they weren't intense. I was managing and mm -hmm. I knew like if I was managing, then like, let's just, you know, keep doing stuff and, right. and I'm good to go. And, um, my husband was timing him. And, um, so yeah, at that point we were playing shades and I could tell 
like I was kind of starting to lose concentration on things and I like stopped playing charades and, um, Ryan was like, should we call the midwives? I was like, no, I'm still managing. I'll just, I'll send him a text. So I sent him everything that was going on. They're like, great. Sounds good. You know, glad you're doing well. And I had told him you'll probably like the next time you hear from Ryan, like that's probably when things are really happening. I probably won't be texting. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, no, no, we don't need to call them. Everything's fine. And then what felt like five minutes later, I swear it was like, boom, game time. And this was, I want to say it was about 4.30 by that point. Maybe it was a little earlier. Um, and I just like started walk, like pacing the house back and forth, the kind of the front door to the back door um, and like moaning, which just came completely naturally. Um, I did not know I was going <laughs> to be, be moaning and just, just kind of walked back and forth a few times. And then I walked straight to the sink and threw up and Ryan had called them when I started like moaning. I was like, Hey, I just, you know, wanted to let you know what was going on kind of a thing. And I had heard that he did call, but then when I went to the sink and threw up, I like turned him and I was like, call them back. <laughs> <laughs> this means something. I was like, this is real. And, um, I just kind of wanted to be reassured, you know, that everything was going fine. I had heard of women throwing up during transition and I knew it was a transition, but still I was like, this is a sign that things are progressing a lot. So mm. let's check in with the midwives. Um, and yeah, I, from that point on, I just paced back and forth at the house, um, like a hundred times over. And that's really what I did pacing and moaning. And, um, sometimes Ryan walked with me and held my hand. Mostly I just walked alone just cause I wanted to go at my own pace. Um, I think at some point we put on, um, the gentle birth affirmations, gentle birth, they have like an app and they have a bunch of affirmations you can do and they have a labor, labor affirmations one. Oh, and cool. yeah, it's really nice. Just things like, you know, you are strong and you're doing it. And, um, I'm just going to feed my son now. Oh, no, you're fine. So you might hear a little, little, little nursing. Feeding. Yes. And so at some point that that went on and that was kind of super helpful just to like if I ha if I had to focus on something else, it was like affirmations going on. Um, and, oh, you know, it's just so funny. One thing I forgot to mention was way earlier in labor, like when I had that first contraction around 6 a.m., I was like, great. Oh my gosh, labor's starting. And right after that thought, the power went out. <laughs> and, um, that means our water goes out too. Oh, we have like crap. <laughs> yeah. We have a pump house and we did have a, a birth pool, um, that we got from the midwives that I wanted to use. So I was like, well, <laughs> we'll see if we get to use that. Um, so I had told my midwives too, that that might happen because winter up here on the mountain, the power goes out a lot. And, um, Serena is actually more of a rural midwife. So she was like, don't you worry. <laughs> like <laughs> we can do this. I'm so used um, to it. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was like, okay, good. So the power ended up coming back on eventually like hours later. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm fine now. Um, so let's see, pacing the house, the midwives eventually got there around 6.30 and my doula got there around the same time. And I was really waiting for them to come to feel like I had a support system. I didn't realize how much I'd be looking forward to other people being there. Um, I think just like as a signal to, yes, you're in labor and we are here for you, you know, whatever happens. And then I felt like a lot of relief from them finally getting there. <clears throat> My husband had set up the birth pool and where did started, he set that up? It was in our bedroom. We kind of have enough room where we've got our bed and then we had the birth pool and then we have a bathroom in our bedroom. So it was nice. like anything you could really need is right there. Mm -hmm. And he had starting started filling it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he had started filling it up 
earlier because I knew it would take a while. And sorry, you're fine. Um, I wanted to get in so bad, and I kind of kept asking the midwives, like if Ryan would check in with them on the phone, I'd kind of say, ask them if I can get in now, like ask them if I can use the pool. <laughs> And they wanted my labor to really establish before I got in, because if you get in the birth pool, like warm water too early, it can actually stall labor, which of course I didn't want. So I understood, but I still really wanted to get in. So I didn't want to get in the shower to use up all the hot water that we were trying to fill the birth pool with. Um, But it didn't really matter anyways, because the hot water ran out before the birth pool was full. And, um, once the midwives gave the okay that I could get in, I got in anyways. And my (laughs) husband, um, was boiling water on all four burners on our stove and would just kind of pour it close, close enough to me that I got a little hit of hot water. Um, it wasn't like cold that was, you know, I wasn't cold in there. It was lukewarm, but you know, um, and the midwives arrived around 630 And my doula arrived around that time as well. And I was just dialed in, in the birth tub, um, moaning with each contraction. Uh, Moaning was definitely like my best tool. And I just, you know, I had like thrown up one other time. I would just kind of lift my head and my husband would, or my doula would give me Gatorade or water. And they tried massaging me a few times like on my lower back and I really didn't like it so I kind of just would swat their hands away (laughs) and I know I wanted like to be massaged on my shoulders or something but I couldn't articulate it because I was busy moaning and just I was like that'll take too much time and energy like (laughs) to tell them what I want um and it's just so funny in labor, like the things you end up using or not using. And I had tried using peppermint essential oils earlier, which I usually love. And I was like, this smells disgusting. Like Mm. (laughs) it made me super nauseous. And I had made my husband learn all these pressure points and, you know, positions that we could do. And really I was just fine all on my own, just moaning away. Like that was just great. So, Eventually, my husband had gone into the living room with the midwives, and the midwives had, you know, they had checked the heartbeat and everything was fine. So they were just kind of waiting for things to pick up even more. And I could hear them chatting (laughs) while I was in labor, and I was like, that must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Having a little chat there, are we? (laughs) Just just laughing about things, huh? (laughs) This is so funny and fun, huh? It was so bad. I was like, oh, I feel bad I'm having these thoughts. So um, I just like turned up the labor affirmations kind of thing, which my husband reminded me um, when he read my birth story. I had asked him like, you know, like, did I leave anything out? And he's like, no, wow, you remember almost everything. That's crazy. The only thing I would say is you had to play those labor affirmations like 10 times. (laughs) It was great. Um, yeah, that was to drown you out. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was like, yep. That's cute. Um, so, yeah, just kept moaning. Um, like I said, I was really aware during my labor. Um, the dogs started kind of playing in the living room. And I remember it was storming really hard outside. And my husband, like, let the dogs out onto the porch, even though he knew they were going to get soaked. <laughs> and I know... And I remember at one point when they came back in, because they started playing so hard on the porch after like an hour or something, they were like hitting the wall of our bedroom, like, because it's connected so you could hear it. And I think he didn't want it to like be distracting to me. So he brought them inside and put them in their little bed. And I I, like remember moaning and then just being like, don't forget to put a towel in there for them. Like, (laughs) like I was so concerned for the dog. Um, yeah, it was, it's so funny. So labor is so interesting like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember a lot, like a lot of this birth stories I heard, they were in what they call labor land. And I feel like my labor land was very in tune with everything around me. I just like, I knew exactly what was going on everywhere and where everybody was. Um, 
So I started feeling a lot of pressure in my bottom and my contractions still felt kind of far apart to me to be feeling pressure. And I kind of was like, okay, I've been in that pool for a while. If I'm starting to feel pressure, I definitely want to like grab onto that and use it and like, let's, let's get this thing going. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it's funny. I wanted sort of somebody to, to, to ask me if I wanted to do a different position. So I called my husband back in the room and I was like, it's taking a really long time. Like, why is it taking so long? He's like, do you want to get out of the tub? I was like, yes. <laughs> so I got out and just kind of went into the bathroom that was right there off the side and tried going to the bathroom, but didn't have to go because obviously that was like the baby descending really low. And um, was definitely just starting to feel pressure so that I would be moaning for the beginning of the contraction, but kind of pushing at the very end. Mm. And it was really funny. I remember one of the contractions, like I was moaning and then started pushing. I sounded like a sheep bleeding, like (laughs) just like very like, like, (laughs) I was like, wow, like (laughs) that's something special. (laughs) My husband's like, that was a good one, honey. And I was like, oh, I sound ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Whatever was, you say. I know. It was funny. And so things were definitely happening, and it really helped to be kind of upright. Um, and uh, my midwives were just kind of hanging off in the corner of the bedroom, like being there, checking the heartbeat occasionally. Um, but it's really nice. They weren't invasive at all. You just kind of left us to our own devices. And I remember one time Rachel went to check the heartbeat and I was trying to be still, but a contraction came on and I just like walked away, you know, and just like reverted to like pacing the house and then came right back. Um, so that's something that's really nice about having a home birth is I feel like you could just do whatever you want. Like (laughs) it's, it's about you and not, you know, the care providers. Yeah. So things were doing really well. And as I was feeling this pressure, I felt like I was still having the contractions and then was pushing towards the end. And I wanted to make sure that was okay. So I would look at my midwives and kind of hold a thumbs up sign to them (laughs) and say like, is this okay? Like I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I'm kind of pushing. Is that all right? Because I know that if you aren't fully dilated and you push too much, sometimes that can kind of irritate um, things and kind of make them swell up. So I didn't want to, you know, do that. And they're like, it's going great. Like we're super like happy with the way you're progressing. Um, keep doing what you do. And I was like, okay. And one of my midwives, Serena was like, you know, it might help if you squat. And I was like, that's going to make things hurt more. (laughs) And she's like, Yes, it probably yeah. will, but it also will um, bring baby sooner. And I was like, okay, you're right. So I was like, here I go. <laughs> and then I squatted and it definitely helped um, bring things along. And I held on to one of our towel racks in the bathroom for one of those squats and it completely broke off. <laughs> like mid contraction it just broke off and I was like unfazed just like turned just like <laughs> like holding the rod yeah I just I like I just like dropped the rod turned around and continued to hold on to like the counter and like it was so funny I think I was like sorry like you know <laughs> it was great um so in some of my birth photos you just see like a towel rod on the floor <laughs> This is, it's so funny because that is not the first broken towel rack in labor story. (laughs) It's so good. I didn't even think I was hanging on to it that hard, but, um, you know, things happen in labor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was squatting and that was really helping and still just moaning. I remember even like the most intense part, which I think was sort of near transition. And this was like right before it was right before I got out of the tub or at some point I remember thinking like having a particularly intense contraction and thinking if I can moan louder than this contraction I can make it through so I just moaned extra loud and just tried to like moan louder than how much it I felt the contraction hard to explain I like that but 
it definitely helped. Um, and I was like, see, like you just had to be louder. Like it was fine. <laughs> um, so while I was in the bathroom, you know, broken towel rack, things getting intense, Rachel offered to do, um, a vaginal exam. I think just cause I had, you know, been like, okay, like I'm feeling pressure, you know, what now? She's like, if you want, I can check you. And I didn't want that. Cause I could definitely tell I was really far along and I felt like, wow, if she checked me now, I would be at, at least a nine, you know, like I, I know things are going well and I couldn't find like, I couldn't find the words to say no to that, which I thought was really interesting because I feel like I'm just so focused on my labor that I just want to let my body do the work. I don't want to have to like use my words necessarily. And I thought that was interesting for if I had been in a hospital setting, I feel like if somebody had asked me, you know, multiple times if I wanted a check or an epidural or something like that, I might've just been like, sure. Okay. Like just to like get them off my back almost. Mm. Um, so I'm really glad again, that I was just in an environment where I had so much support and they just kind of took me as not answering as like, okay, she's laboring and she's doing fine. And like, that's awesome. That's so <laughs> yeah, right. It's almost like me not saying yes means no, mm-hmm. but that's something that isn't always come across really well in the hospital environment. Um, and about a few minutes later, my husband made sure I heard, Hey, like, honey, did you hear Rachel? If you want, she can do a check. And I was like, I heard her. Um, but that's all, like, I didn't say no, thank you again. I didn't say yes or anything. Cause I was, I was like afraid I'd say yes. And I knew I didn't need it. So I was like, I'm just gonna just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, Again, I held up like my thumbs up towards the midwives and said, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. And one of them suggested if I wanted to lay on my side on the bed, sometimes it, I like, will never forget. It was like, it could help melt the last lip of the cervix away, (laughs) something like that. And I was like, oh, it was like so poetic, like melt away. And I was like, okay. So it took me, like, I was like gearing myself up. And then I went over to the bed and just like flopped on. and laid sideways. And then it felt like the second I did that, I was ready to push, like just push, push the whole, the whole contraction. So my husband was there and I was holding his hand and he was kind of holding onto one of my legs. And my doula, um, was like on the other side of me on the bed. And I was like, come here, like come closer. She's like, like right here. I was like, no, 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 closer. Come here. And like, she's like okay and she like kept scooting forward and I like threw my left leg over her shoulder she's like oh okay that's what you that's what you want like yeah and um that really helped keep like my hips wide open and then I was just pushing and the pushing was kind of nice because it felt like you were really using the contraction like toward a like positive momentum and So I was pushing and there was so much pressure and I could feel that the head would start to kind of go and then go back in and go out a little. And I wanted to keep pushing even when a contraction ended just because of the pressure. And my midwife kind of coached me like only push with the contraction. And I was like, okay, but there's so much pressure (laughs) and I just wanted to get the baby out. So, um, but I listened to her and I knew that you really should only push with the contractions um, so that you kind of had time to stretch out and you wouldn't tear. Um, so I took my breaks and conserved my energy. Um, and the breaks were really nice. On one of the breaks, one of the midwives asked if I wanted a mirror to see. And I was like, sure. Like, why not? <laughs> and I could kind of see the, I don't know, like the bags kind of bulging. Um, I don't even really know what I was <laughs> looking at. Um, and it looked really cool. Um, but I that was the only time I used the mirror just because I really closed my eyes to focus while I was actually pushing. And another thing I remember my calf cramping really bad. Ugh, um, it's I, the worst. <laughs> yeah. At one point and my midwife 
like one of them massaged it and so like the next break I was like oh my gosh thank you so much like that was really helpful that felt so good like my husband told me later I was very polite um (laughs) and yeah so kept pushing and I remember the head coming out I was very like could feel some burning and kind of did that quick breathing just naturally and the head was born and I reached down and felt and it was just like this squishy little you know velvety head um and then the rest of him came sliding out I think in the next contraction and my first words were like is it out (laughs) (laughs) and um they put him on my chest and I kind of like you know rubbed his back to help him get that first breath going and um then I looked in between his legs because we still didn't know if it was a boy or girl and I had predicted it was a boy pretty much my whole pregnancy so I looked and I was like it's a boy I knew it like (laughs) at my husband I was like I told you so um and it was so awesome and something I learned later like I don't even think the day of, it was like way later. My husband told me that the cord had been wrapped around his head twice, um, which like, I was like, oh, like how crazy. I would not have even known. Um, And yeah, my midwives didn't say anything just because it is kind of common to have the cord wrapped around the neck. um, And the baby was not in any imminent danger because they were monitoring his heart rate. um, And just because he came out, so quick like they knew he would be fine um so that's kind of another thing like things like that happen in a home birth setting and it's totally fine and you know they would have been equipped if anything had gone wrong or if the baby was having any trouble but he was fine yes that's Um, a good I love that you bring that up because it, it is a very common misconception that having a nuchal cord or the cord being wrapped around the baby's neck is some type of disastrous issue and it is very, very common and, and rarely ever, ever would pose a problem. Right. Exactly. So it was totally fine. I kind of just thought it was like a cool aspect of the birth. Um, and yeah, afterwards I felt really good. I kind of felt like, wow, I did amazing at that. Like I did better than I thought I would. Um, but there was also a little sliver of me that was kind of like, you know, I think the next time we have a baby, we'll just cut that one right out. Like, <laughs> we'll just, uh, we'll just do it the quick way. Um, I know, even though I had like a beautiful birth and it's like, it really didn't feel that bad in my opinion. Like it wasn't so intense or like it didn't hurt really bad. I want to say like, it just was a process and I knew like, this is what happens. Um, but you still just kind of have those thoughts. Um, and I'm like, Oh, this is why women get kind of an amnesia thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it was really awesome. I mean, I didn't have to do anything in the birth. I didn't want to do. I didn't have to have an IV. Nobody told me when to push. Like these were things that I was afraid of. Like these were reasons I had a home birth because I didn't want somebody saying now push mm-hmm. or, you know, no, we need to have this needle in your arm or, you know, you can't do that position right now. Like there was none of that. And I was just at home. And another big thing was I didn't want to have to drive and labor. And like, I didn't have to go anywhere. I was just at home the whole time. And I knew where, like, I was comfortable. I knew the setting. It was wonderful. Oh, I Um, love that. I love that your first birth was such a fantastic experience. Yeah, me too. It was really awesome. And he was born um, at 10-10, January 6th. So I think active labor was, I think like where it was really, I was very, very dialed in. It was about six hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And how long did you push? Pushing was, I think, 40 or 45 minutes, if I'm remembering from the notes correctly. It didn't feel that long at all, Um, but I definitely get how, like, I was kind of just taking my time, and I think it really helped because I didn't end up needing any stitches or anything. Nice. Um, So speaking of stitches, um, we, like, hung out, you know, the midwives cleaned up a little bit, and we did, we tried to do the breast crawl, um, which was pretty cool, just watching. I love that. 
yeah, trying to wiggle his way. Um, and everything was great with the breastfeeding aspect. Um, and then like my placenta hadn't come out yet and kind of the longer the placenta stays in the higher risk of hemorrhage. And so my midwives were kind of like, okay, like it wasn't, it wasn't coming out as quickly as they would have hoped. And they kind of were feeling around on my abdomen, like my stomach area. And they're like, you know, your bladder feels really full. Like you haven't peed for hours. Maybe that's holding things back. So they're like, why don't you go try and pee? Um, and so we cut the cord so I could kind of get out of bed. And um, I went to go try and pee and I could not pee for the life of me. I tried. I tried peppermint oil in the toilet. I tried like different positions um, and I couldn't pee. And we ended up um, needing to do a catheter, which was like not something ideal, but right. not I mean, preferential. I, not, yeah, but I had to like, I couldn't get the placenta out. And if it was like my full bladder holding it back, I mean, I had to take care of it. Right. Um, but luckily, again, this is the home birth setting. So I have like my two beautiful midwives just being like, this is how it's going to happen. And we'll do it whenever you're ready, you know, and just kind of explaining things, which is really important to me to kind of know exactly what's going on at all times. It makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she like would put her hand on the inside of my thigh, say, this is my touch. Okay. Now, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, so it's still very gentle, but I kind of had to gear up for it. It was kind of as if I had just finished this marathon, had a nice cup of water and they were like, okay, now here's another mile. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, I did not mentally prepare for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I kind of prepared for that, you know, felt a little emotion there and then went ahead with it and it wasn't too bad. Um, and I want to say it was six cups of pee that I drained. <laughs> um, so that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's intense. And that, yes. So after that happened, um, I tried pushing my placenta out again, kind of giving it some effort and it still wasn't coming out. So at that point, my midwife Rachel was like, you know, what I'd like to do is kind of walk my hand up the cord and um, feel what's going on internally. It could just be, you know, kind of sitting there. It could just be really close. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. Um, I recalled Another birth story I had listened to where she talked about somebody having to put their hand up there and it was really, really painful. Mm. And I just remembered that and was like, I don't know if this is going to turn out to be the same thing, but like, I'd rather not. And so I kind of expressed some hesitation. So they talked about another option. They said, well, we could also do a shot of Pitocin. Um, And I was like, that's, that would make me contract, correct? And they're like, yeah, so that would cause some contractions and should get your placenta out. And I said, I'd rather do that. Um, so even though like I had had this beautiful, you know, home birth with really no interventions, I was ended up needing a lot during the postpartum period. And we went with the shot and I pushed my placenta out again with kind of some effort, um, mm. just with my time as a doula and knowing that the placenta can kind of just come out pretty easy. Um, I felt like I had to give a lot of effort. I had to get up on my, like on all fours and mm. really, really push. Um, so that was interesting, but it is interesting, but I, yeah, I really like the way that that all, kind of transpired and you had a lot of say in how things were going to happen. And it's not like your midwife was steamrolling you into any particular option. She, she gave you opportunity to say, "Eh, I don't really want to do that. I would prefer this second option. Yeah. It was really nice that I didn't even have to really express like, no way. I don't want you to do that. Um, like they just kind of saw the look on my face and, and we're like, well, like, let, let's see what else we can do for her. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe she preferred this option, even though it's a shot, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was really nice. So 
placenta was finally out. Um, we kind of looked at it a little, um, which was funny because it made me kind of queasy, (laughs) even though I, I also do placenta encapsulation (laughs) and I, you know, you're just like after, I guess after all the exertion and stuff, I was just like, okay, like I need a break from all this. (laughs) Um, A lot. Yeah. And so finally, you know, pee is out, placenta is out. I'm thinking, okay, that was a lot, but it's finally done. But it wasn't. They still had to check me out for any tears. And I was like, I I, I really kind of crumbled at that. Like, I was just like really sick of being poked like and prodded in, mm-hmm. in a way. Just like I didn't want any more hands on me. But again, midwives who are lovely, like I'm just laying in my bed with my baby and my husband next to me. And um it's, they, they gave me time to really gear up for it. So I'm just really thankful that I was with people who I was comfortable with and was like, ah, you know, another thing I have to do, this kind of sucks, but let me breathe a while. Let me cry a little bit, you know, just cause I'm feeling things. Um, let me hold Serena's hand while, you know, Rachel checks it out. Um, and it really wasn't that bad. I think it was just, you know, the aspect of needing to do yet another thing. And I didn't have any, um, big tears. It was more like grazing. So I didn't need any stitches. So I was really thankful for that. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to do yet another thing. Um, so yeah, no stitches. And after that, it was, everything was good. The midwife oh. just clean, cleaned up. And, um, I remember that, Ryan told me like the the front door screen had like blown off its its hinges because the storm was so intense. So I like really loved the parallel that outside was like the craziest storm ever while I was just like moaning and laboring away inside. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. A few yeah. broken things during the birth. <laughs> I know, I know. Um yeah, and it was just great. And then we were just able to just stay in bed and they did, you know, sort of the newborn exam and, um, his weight and everything like that. And yeah, then I just like ate food and hung out. (laughs) That is so sweet. Yes. That is, Oh, that's such a good feeling. Such a, such a nice way to have your first birth experience and not it not be traumatic, you know, it be a really great experience. Even if you did have to do a few things postpartum that weren't 100% 100% ideal. It still was such a relaxing environment. Yeah. And I think that's just one thing is I really hadn't thought too much about what happens directly after the birth. Mm-hmm. So it's just another thing that's good to be prepared for. Um, you know, you do still have to do the placenta. You might need stitches just to mentally like prepare for that part as well, I think would really help. But yeah, it was really nice also just knowing that like I was in my bed and I pretty much didn't have to leave that bed for like 2 weeks. Like yeah. I was ho- I was home and all I had to do was like shower and have my husband bring me food and I was just home. <laughs> yeah, that's a win. And Alexa, I also know that you are a writer and you've got something pretty big coming out soon. So would you be willing to tell my listeners about that? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I'm kind of working on two things right now. One is a sort of raw, honest book of poetry called Motherhood Disenchanted, Poems for the Tender Mother's Soul. And I'm just in the process of finishing that up and publishing that. So I'm really excited and I hope it can kind of help some moms feel a little less alone as they go through the poems just of the highs and lows of motherhood. And I'm also um, finishing up writing some birth story writing prompts um, to help moms kind of write their own birth story and look at it from different aspects, Um, just because I really think writing is a great way to process things. Um, And I know writing my birth story was really fun and also just really nice to kind of have that bookend 
and, and keep it in writing and allow my husband to read it and such. So you can find information on that. Just um, the best way would be to find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Lexa Rose Deer. That's L-E-X-A-R-O-S-E-D-E-A-R. And I'll just have a link in my profile to my website, which kind of has information on all that. Perfect. And I can put all of this in the show notes too. So everybody can get, can access it very easily. Yes. And the lactation cookie recipe. (laughs) Oh yes. And the lactation cookie recipe. Amazing. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. I really enjoyed it. What an incredible episode with Alexa. As we head into our, our episode roundup, there are so many things that I could talk about, but a few that come to mind. First, the way that Alexa talked about her choice to give birth at home and feeling like it was the safest and most comfortable place for her after attending many births and the fact that she mentioned how you know she could have had a natural childbirth in the hospital, but she knew that it would be somewhat more of a struggle just to get the things that she wanted. And when we go into her home birth, she mentions how even there, there were times that her midwife would ask her, one thing or another that she didn't want to do, and she just didn't say anything. But how in the hospital, if that would have happened, it could have been that she got steamrolled, whereas at home, her lack of response was clearly taken as a no. Um, So the kindness and ability to do what you want um, in the home birth setting is is something that I certainly love and appreciate. I hope you guys loved this episode as much as I did. Be sure to check out her website, her Instagram, her lactation cookies, which I'm putting in the show notes. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes, write a rating or give a rating, write a review. Um, it really helps the show be found. And then if you're feeling extra generous, Uh, head on over to patreon.com to become a patron. I have one patron currently. Thank you, Allie. Um, But any support that I can get to help cover the costs of uh, hosting this podcast would be phenomenal. So thank you, generous souls and lovely friends, home birth lovers. I look forward to seeing you back here next week.